This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Here we are jumping off an hour two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herb, we're going to connect with Jimmy Smith here in a few moments. Uh, and Jimmy, I, I want to get Jim, Jimmy's take on what we were talking about, too, with Arch Manning and Arch Madness, et cetera. But looking at this game today for, for Central Michigan and LSU, give me three things you, you want to see happen in order for you to be a little more confident before they get an SEC play next weekend? Well, first things first, like we've been talking about the whole entire show, which we'll probably continue to talk about the entire show, is, you know, we need to find out, you know, kind of piggyback off of your 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 word that you used, what is our identity up front on the offensive line? What are we going to be? What are we going to become? What do we want, you know, our final, uh, uh, what, what people are saying at the end of the season about us on the offensive line? also want to see, you know, can our wide receivers step up to the plate as well and not have as many drop balls? Maybe have a couple, one or two other guys that step up, be, be, you know, be besides Kayshawn Boutte. Um, and then, you know, I want to see that defensive line continue to, to get stronger and get better. If they can continue to put pressure on the, the opposing team's quarterback and make the tackles that they need to make in the backfield, play on the other teams, um, on the – in the backfield of the other team and stop the running backs from gaining any yardage and, and, and make tackles for losses, cause fumbles, cause havoc, and then let those guys on the back end play well, I think we'll be fine. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Those, those are the three things, the identity on the offensive line, um, can our receivers, you know, uh, uh, match some sort of a, a – uh, some sort of get close to what Keishon Boutte is playing and then continue to see the rise of our defensive linemen. Because I think that if our offensive line plays well, the running backs are going to have to play well. It should be indicative of that, right? So, you know, but I also think that those, you know, one of those two freshman running backs, whichever one it is, they're going to, I think they're going to just continue to grow and get better and better week in and week out. Give me two reasons why if LSU gets upset, what ha- what happens? What does Central Michigan do in order to pull off the, the upset? Or what does LSU fail to do? So I think I think I think LSU fails to to score points, right? Get get first down score points and also on defense if LSU allows them to get their running game going. If they allow them to be the best of who they are, right? Um, and utilize the best player that they actually have, then that's going to – it's going to not boast well for LSU. It's going to give Central Michigan 
the confidence that they need to continue to do what they've been doing, and that's been running the ball against the people who they've been playing against. And I think that's that's the key for Central Michigan to, to win the game, in my opinion. Their running game and our inability to stop the running game, kind of like what we did in against UCLA. And then also, what are we going to do up front for us offensively? All right, we'll step away and come back. Hopefully we'll have Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Right to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. I want to push back on something. I want to clarify something. First off, uh, the text okay. here says, Herb Tyler don't know what he's talking about. LSU's not losing this game. He didn't say that the LSU was going to lose the game. I asked him no. what yes. would have to happen in order for LSU to be upset by Central Michigan. So he was just answering a question. Now, the other thing is, here we go. Uh, let's see. Um, Christian, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard you say. 60,000 people from around the country are going to come watch Arch and Newman in the Superdome. Come on, man. Well, it's not – I've said some stupid things in my life, okay, and in particular on these airwaves. More, more, more dumber than what I just said, to be honest with you. And here's why it's likely to happen. It's going to be of national interest. He's the 2023 top-rated player in the country. His last yeah. name is Manning. It's in New Orleans, and he's got he's already got national attention and starting to be, I would imagine soon, international attention. Every college football coach in the country knows who Arch Manning is. Every one of them. So it, there would be, I'm telling you, there would be if they're in a state championship game. I would not be surprised if it's fifty to sixty thousand people in that Superdome. I'll double down on it. I, I just I think he's got he's a Manning in a long line of Mannings, and he could be potentially the best player to ever come out of the state of Louisiana, regardless of position. Herb, am I wrong? I think that you're right, and I kind of echo everything that you're saying. I mean, look, it is it going to be sixty thousand now? Maybe maybe it's forty eight, but hell, that's forty eight thousand people, right, coming to watch a kid that's 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 still in high school playing high school football um, for the for the championship game, don't get me wrong, but it's a Manning. It's a, and, and, you know, when you have that name behind you, um, everything else comes along with that, right? The notoriety, the media, the hype, everything that you can think of, the expectations, all of this. Now, the, this young man is literally living up to it. <laughs> every weekend, week out, every week, he gets better and better. So he is uh, he's going to have it. By the time he's a senior, He's going to have way more accolades. He's going to have way more, um, um, I guess, pressure on him than his any of his uncles ever had, and also his his grandfather also. So, and his dad, to be frank, when it, you know when he came out of high school and went to Ole Miss. So I just it, it's just the the way that things are now with social media, with media, um, everything else is just going to be it's going to be arch madness, baby. <laughs> The texture continues. I'm not sure. Maybe this is a, a Alabama fan that's sour on the idea that Arch Manning could spur the SEC and go play in the ACC with Clemson. But uh, let's see. It says, just watch highlights of, of Archie of Arch Manning. There's no way. No couple of choice colorful words. There's no way. That's what the texture writes. Okay, fine. Believe that. I'm just telling you that he's going to have that kind of attention, in particular for Isidore Newman. Uh, Herb, your son went there. That would be a massive, massive accomplishment in that program's history. 
I think the closest we've gotten is to the the you know the the quarter not the quarterfinals but the what is it the game right before the Superdome, um, uh, with the semifinals. So it's 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 look it's if he gets there, it's going to be a a feat that's never been done for Newman High School. Every Newman alumni will be there, and there's got to be at least thirty thousand of those, <laughs> if not more. Um. So, you know, I think it's just going to be something great. And at the end of the day, this this kid has done everything that they've asked him to do um, at school, in school, um, you know, to the, 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 the family is keeping him really close to the vest. You know, he doesn't say anything outside the norm or what needs to be said. I mean, it's very rare that you, rarely that you see him actually doing an interview of some sort or anything like that. So, and, uh, and and the way that they're approaching his recruiting is is the way that they should approach it. You know, they want to make sure he goes to the best opportunity to be successful, um, to be with, at a place that's going to afford him the, the the right atmosphere to to develop and to grow as a young man. And I think that's just what they're doing. And I don't see why they shouldn't. So at the end of the day, by the time if he goes to the Superdome, that'd be great. Meaning if he plays in the championship in high school, that'd be great. If he does not do that, he's still going to have as many people watching him um, at every game that he can possibly have at a particular game. And I think he's going to be on ESPN, too, probably again this year or next year pretty often, especially next year. I think maybe two games, I would say, um, if they can get um, the, the right opponents, if that makes sense. The texture continues and says there's no way he's coming to LSU's coaching staff or team. We We never said that. Neither one of us, neither Herb or me, said that he was going to LSU. In fact, I, I'll make the case as to why he's not going to go to LSU. Walker Howard is coming to LSU as a 2022 guy, and he's highly touted. And I also think that you know, perhaps the Mannings just feel like they want to get him out of state, just like they did with uh, uh, Peyton and Eli and Cooper. So because of the everywhere he goes – that young man is going to be is going to be focused on hyper drilled down on. They're going to they're going to ridicule everything he does, and he can't win. The family can't win if they don't pick LSU. Then you know they're going to they're going to think the Mannings have something against LSU, and I don't think that's it. I really think that um, it, it's going to come down to Clemson and Alabama, and that's their decision to make. Whatever decision he they make is the right one. I agree. Whatever decision they make is going to be the right one because they're they're doing it meticulously. So they're making, um, they're they're adding all of the everything into the equation to make sure that they're going to put him in the right situation. And who can who can blame a kid for wanting to go to Alabama or Clemson, right? I mean, those are two prestigious schools to go to. I mean, when it comes to quote unquote playing football, and for the coaches that are there, that's going to set them up for the next level because this kid Arch is a next level guy, right? He's going to be a next level guy. He's going to mature the next two years in high school. He's going to mature three years in college. He's going to or four years, whatever it takes. And then he's going to go to the NFL. It's like he's not not gonna go, right? So and he'll be a lifer in the NFL if that's what he wants to do. So he's groomed he's been groomed, he's being groomed and he is going to be that guy. Keep firing on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line to 504-260-1870. I've said my piece on Arch. Herb, I'm kind of done with it. 
I know you you uh, pull very much for the the Newman Greenies, and you want to have you want to see your your former or your son's former school have success. But I, you know, I just wouldn't be surprised if there's fifty to sixty thousand people in that Superdome if he's playing for an, uh, a state championship for with Newman. I agree. I don't disagree. Now, I think it'd be fun. The, I've tripled down on it now, Herb. I mean, I, I can't yeah. explain it any further. It, it, look, it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be, right? <laughs> and it's okay. Right, look, Tyler. I'm going to tell you, it'll be great for the city, too, if Newman yeah. is in that game, right? It'll be great for the city, to be honest with you. Um, the, you know, the the it's just Newman's never been in that situation ever, and I think a lot of people would want to see that happen. Yeah, and Herb, not to mention, you know, it's a school that has a lot of financial backing and, and big and big um a lot more alumni than maybe you would think. You know, for, for a school of that size, you've got quite a bit of alumni um that are deeply passionate about that school and would probably want to come in to witness such a such a feat like playing in a, in a national cha- or state state championship game. With Arch Manning as the quarterback. All right, I'm, again, I'm done. I don't want to keep beating that drum. Um, Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herb, I want to focus on the position you played, quarterback. And I was a little, probably a little harsh on on Max Johnson last week before the game against McNeese based on the week one performance. And Yep, you were. I, I, yeah, and, you know, I, I quickly realized, man, he doesn't have a chance because of of how how poor they 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 are along the offensive line. I mean, you know, any quarterback. What's we've seen we've seen elite guys like uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady when they're when they're throwing off balance or they got defenders straight up in their face. Even they too become mortal. So I, I, I'm going to take some of that heat I put on um, the heat I put on Max Johnson and apply it really to the offensive line. If they don't improve. I said this the other day in sports talk. I think you're looking at three to four losses if they don't improve quickly. I mean that. Three to four. Um, yeah, I'm talking about in the SEC. I don't think I don't think they're going to beat Florida. I don't think they're going to beat beat A and I don't. I, don't I, think, I know they're not going to beat Alabama. I don't. I don't know if they can beat Mississippi or, or, or Mississippi State or Ole Miss either. I mean, these are teams that are coming to their own, right? These are teams with second year coaches that are. That are getting their guys and getting their scheme going, things of that nature. And these these guys, it's going to be hard to beat anybody in the SEC West. I mean, think think about it. Look at it. It's it's Mississippi State. It's Ole Miss. It's Auburn. Um, it's it's Alabama, um, and Arkansas too. By the way, <laughs> you say that. So if you can't push people around and you have no run game, you're going to be in in quote unquote a shootout every game. And I don't know if we can win the shootout because, like you said. You know, there's guys, there's defensive linemen, there's linebackers, and, and corners and safety blitzes that are coming that's in his face. And it's very, very difficult to be, um, I guess, uh, a very accurate quarterback when when that kind of fire is coming at you. And then the other thing is, what does our protection tell us? What does our sight adjustments tell us to do whenever that's happening? What guy breaks this route off and, and, and runs a slant or out route or whatever, who a guy is putting their hands up when they see the, the, the cornerback blitz off the edge. And is he, you know, can we see that, react to that, and then turn that negative play into a positive play? Very, very difficult. And it just doesn't seem like 
it's well let me say this it's a lot to ask for a true sophomore quarterback um who's been kind of thrust into the fire the last five games or so that he's played and so yeah he was successful against florida last year florida's going to be a different team this year um every team that we're going to play in the sec is going to be different and i think they've all gotten better over this you know, from last year to this year. So, and the only team that's kind of taking a step back or not really moving forward has been LSU. So we got to we got to figure out a way to change that and 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 consistently play well, play smart, play strong, play fast, and play with a lot of enthusiasm and just enjoy the game and just have fun again. It seems like they're thinking too much on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and not just going out and reacting to whatever it is that they're seeing. He's Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. We will step away. When we return, Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist, will join us. Continuing to break down LSU and Central Michigan. Coming up tonight at 630 right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Sparty, Michigan State is 3-0 and after they took down 24th-ranked Miami, 38-17. to The U. I love to, he- to see U tears, Miami tears. I love when Miami fans cry over losses. <laughs> I like it. I'm sorry. That's savage, but whatever. The Hurricanes are now one and two, one and one at home. We welcome in now Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist. Jeff, how are you, man? Jeff? Yes. Hey, Christian. How you doing? Good, man. How you guys doing? Good. Just um, soaking up Miami Hurricane tears, you know, uh, from their fans. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was never a big Miami fan uh, growing up. Uh, I've kind of, uh, as I've gotten older, you know, I really look back at those teams in the 1980s and I really, I look back at them fondly. You know, I mean, I think that was kind of the, the, the swag, the, the, the amount of talent that they had, uh, but uh, they'll never recapture those glory days. You know, just like a, a lot of other schools out there. I don't think can really Nebraska, um, Michigan. Uh, I just don't think those type of schools can ever get back to to the place they were work, that they were at one time, where they were one of the more dominant programs in all of college football. Jeff, when you when you look at this matchup, and look, I'm going to ask you the same thing that I asked Herb at the start of the show, and Mike Detillier, because I'm 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 in negative town right now. To be honest with you, I'm not too bullish on on these LSU Tigers. Uh, so, wouldn't it all surprise you? If Central Michigan upset LSU tonight, no, it would not. It would not. Uh, it's. It would not surprise me. I'm not expecting it. I think LSU can. They're. They're the more talented team. Um, they should be able to to win this game by at least a couple of touchdowns. But I would not be surprised if LSU. See, here's the thing. I, I don't think we know just exactly how good LSU's defense is. It obviously gave up big plays against UCLA, and then it smothered McNeese. They they did that defense played like you're supposed to play when you're a Power Five school going up against an FCS school. They they just overpowered them, uh, and they did exactly what you're supposed to do. But if the LSU defense is more like what we kind of saw against UCLA and Central Michigan, can score somewhere around 24, 28 points. Uh, I think that puts LSU in the danger zone of potentially getting upset here because LSU's offense right now is is a mess. 
Lightly Said by Jeff Palermo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right, though. I mean, and look, we gotta we gotta remember to take in consideration that the offense and the defense coordinator are two two brand new people who are trying to instill certain types of defenses um, it, 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 around the talent that was already there, right? And so it's kind of difficult to to be in their shoes. However, I think with LSU fans, including myself, we see that. Um, or we want this magic of the 2019 season to come back, right? And if you remember the 2019 season, we scored 50 points a game, but we gave up 40 points all the time too. So we weren't that really, really that good on defense. Let's say that um, we just were able to outscore everybody. So and then make stops when needed. So moving forward, Jeff, how do you think these coordinators get the best out of these guys, or you know, is it is it a talent thing? Or is it a scheme thing? I'm gonna go back to that same question that I asked Mike earlier. Which one is it? What, what do you think is, can turn this ship around faster? Well, I think it's a it's a talent. I, I think there's enough talent on this team. Uh, I think Max Johnson's a good quarterback. Um, I think, I mean, I think you got some pretty talented wide receivers. Kayshawn Butte is one of the best in the country. Um, it's been, it's been disappointing to see them unable to run the football. They don't, they don't have necessarily your true tight end anymore, but uh, that's okay. Uh, There's a lot of college football teams that don't, uh, offensive line is, is just been, I think that's where you just, you, you point to, it wasn't that great last season. It hasn't been that good this year. Now does it, is it better tonight? Now that you reinsert Chase and Hines and Austin Deculus, does that does that kind of help? Uh, again, you're 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 moving guys in and out of that offensive line. You, you can't get any kind of cohesion. That's a concern uh, going into this game. Um, it, you know, and I think it's you know when you have an offensive line that's that's not very good, it's sometimes it's hard to judge an offensive coordinator because if those guys aren't executing up front. It doesn't matter what your scheme is. doesn't matter what plays you're running. Uh, you're just not going to be very successful. So until they get that group to be at, at least an average, you know, play average, and, that they, and they could generate some kind of running game, I think they'll be okay on offense. And I think, I think they will be good on defense. Uh, but is it, is it to the level of 2019? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. And I think it would be behoove of Ed Orgeron and his staff to say 2019 was special, um, but there's no way we can recreate that. And and maybe that might be the mistake that they did this season, you know, hiring Jake Peets, you know, calling up Joe Brady and saying, hey, who should we hire as an offensive coordinator because we want to do what we did in 2019. I, I know this is a bad it, – it's hard to compare everything to Alabama – because they just do everything exactly the way you're supposed to do it. But they are, then again, the, 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 the standard bearer, right, of, of what you're looking to be as a program. But I don't think when, you know, Nick Saban is going out and hiring an offensive coordinator, he's looking for someone to do what Lane Kiffin did and, and recreate that, or when he had Steve Sarkeesian as his offensive coordinator. I think he's, he's looking to evolve, and that's maybe the thing that Ed Orgeron needs to try to do is, 2019 was great, 
but now it's 2021. Let's find an offense in 2021 that can be can be special in its own right instead of trying to duplicate exactly what you did in 2019 because you don't have the players there. You, you don't have Justin Jefferson. You don't have Jamar Chase, and you don't have Joe Burrow. So you got to play with the talent that you have on your field, and that might mean uh, adjusting things offensively. Jeff, I think you're hitting on a really big point here. Um, maybe that's a stumbling block that Coach O kind of fell into a trap of, hey, let me just recreate the 2019 season. And look, you not only did they call it. Yeah. I mean, you just no, can't I, do I that. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it, every year. I mean, is Sean Payton is saying, uh, let's try to do what we did in 09? Let, let, let's duplicate what we did in 09. I mean, what coach says that? Well, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, Jeff. Let me ask you this. So, you go from 2019 to 2020, right? The COVID rabbit year in 2020. But did the offense, did they change the offense since Joe Brady left? Or did they, were they trying to emulate what that offense was in 2019 in 2020? And then, you know, it's, it, or was it completely different? Well, you know, that's the, that's the other thing I, that, that kind of confuses me about what Coach O says. I, I, I kind of agree with you in the fact that it's what they're trying to do even in 2020 was not too much different in 2019. Uh, I mean, he still had Steve Ensminger there. I mean, it wasn't like uh, it was a complete overhaul of things. I just think you, I think the personnel that you had was, um, was, was just second to none that season. I mean, you just couldn't, you couldn't touch it. I mean, those guys were so good. And even if, I know the offensive line won the, the award for best the offensive line in the country, but because of all the skill position players there, I don't know if it, if it mattered for those guys to be really great. They could have been just good, and the other guys around them made them that much better. But I, I guess I go back to what, you know, Coach O talked about and hiring an offensive coordinator just, you know, based on trying to recreate 2019. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the way to do it. Uh, you know, put some – Put some thought to it, and who knows? Maybe Jake Peets turns out great. Uh, again, I think it's kind of hard to judge after two games, but what you're just seeing offensively, it's just after two games, it's it's not to the liking, and it, it, it just it's it's sending out a bunch of red flags. And knowing after today, if they don't if they don't show some sort of uh, if they don't really play well on offense tonight you wonder when it's going to come because it's only going to get more difficult from here on out. Cause they're going to go up against the Mississippi state team next week. And they're going to potentially have to try to outscore them. Right. I mean, they're going to have yep. to go out there and that's going to be a test for LSU's defense. Cause obviously Mike Leach knows how to go against LSU's defense. So uh, if they're, if they struggle tonight to, you know, to roll up, you know, if they're only rolling up again, 300 yards of offense, I think it's going to be a long season because uh, they need to show the ability to sustain drives tonight and then hit on some big plays. They they got to be able to you know muster at least 400 yards of offense and and just kind of feel good about themselves now heading into what is going to be really a, a tough grind through the SEC. Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, and uh, Jeff. My and her, feel free to jump in too. My biggest th- thing that I have with LSU football is they don't have a leader. Who's the leader? I mean, the unquestioned leader. It can't be Max Johnson. 
he, he hasn't played enough games, hasn't played well enough. So I think that we were talking last hour, Jeff, this is, a, with Mike Dettelier, this is an offense certainly that's kind of rudderless, and I think it's a team within the players that are rudderless as well because Coach O can, and, and, and the staff can do all the coaching they want. If the players aren't leading from within and policing themselves, it's going to be rudderless. Uh, jump in if you guys disagree or agree. Well, personally, I, th- I think you're right. There's nobody that I see that's like, you know, taking the bull by the horns and saying this is my team or guys, we need to come together and these different things. Like we, And we only get to see them a short period of time, right, which is during the game. So who's doing that during practice? Because you're not going to just develop that in the game. It's going to happen, in, you know, in the spring and in, in, in the summer and the fall camp. That's when you develop that. So we, if you don't see it now, I don't know when you're going to see it. So we need to figure out, I said, we'll say we, Ellis, you need to figure out who that person is, what side of the ball they're on. Because if you would, if you think about it, it should be one of those leaders in the defensive backfield that I think should be trying to rally people and, and get the guys going and that kind of stuff. And then you look on the flip side, generally you have a running back or a receiver or a quarterback that kind of rallies the guys, rallies, rallies the troops. But you, you just you just kind of get a feeling of staleness out there. It's like it's like they're not enjoying what they're doing. It's it's like it's a it's a it's a very tough task to just go out there and just try to have fun. Am I reading that wrong? All right. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there was no doubt that they they did not have the leaders that they needed last year. I mean, Miles Brennan getting hurt. Miles Brennan wanted to try to carried a baton that Joe Burrow handed off to him between 19 and 20 and he gets hurt in the second week of the season and that or the third week of the season and that kind of pretty much puts an end to that and uh, you're right Max Johnson he's only got four starts under his belt hard for him to be a leader you know you would think a guy like Derek Stingley right you know a top five draft pick um, potential defensive player of the year all that kind of stuff would be a leader but I don't think he's much of a vocal guy. I mean, we nope. never hear from him from the media. So that tells me, I don't know how much he's really speaking up to the, with the players. Um, you don't have that even, and, and it doesn't have to be a, a great leader like 2019 with Joe Burrow. You can have a guy like a Devin White out there who's you know on a really good team and he's kind of rallying the troops. I mean, that was, that was what made Devin White, I think, uh, what LSU fans loved about him was because, one, of his play on the field, and, two, the guy was a great leader, and he certainly loved LSU, and he, and he played with a lot of passion. And you're just, you're just not seeing that. Uh, you're just not seeing that right now. And, yeah, but I think for an LSU fan, you just got to hope that you start, to, you start to see that, that they get into some sort of groove here. They feel good. I think Kayshawn Butte has certainly been a guy that's, that, tried, that tries to be vocal. Um, you know, you got some guys on the offensive line that have been around here for a long time, but uh, when they're not playing good as a unit, I think that kind of hurts. So I think so, it's got to come from, to me, someone on the defense because you got pretty much the entire starting unit back there, um, and, and I'm not sure where it comes from, whether it's a guy like Damone Clark or some of these defensive linemen. But um, it, it's it's hard to say. It's it, you're right. Uh, I, you know, they they lacked leadership last year, and it's pretty much the same team from a year ago. And 
you still don't have anybody stepping up, and I think that's kind of where they they miss Miles. Uh, and again, I, I like I like Max Johnson. I'm not. I think there's some LSU fans that are ready to turn the page on him after two games this season. I think what he showed you last year was a lot of moxie. I thought he was able to kind of rally the team. It, it, he, he pulled them out of where they were taking a nosedive, and he at least uh, ended the season safely for this team. Uh, I think maybe, hopefully, you, you kind of start to see that now. I, I don't know if it's just that he's not – again, I think the offensive line has made it difficult on him this season. He's just not had a lot of time to throw the football. Jeff Palermo. WWL.com columnist. Thanks again, man. We appreciate the time. All right, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it. All right, you bet. Thank you, Jeff. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. It is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb, pretty scary situation uh, for USC. They landed in Idaho on Friday. The team plane tipped backward on the tarmac, sending the plane's nose into the air after the grounds crew did not put the plane's tail stand in place. And apparently it happened during the deplaning process. So players and coaches were still in the plane as it tipped up once it arrived to the gate. Uh, oh, a wow. scary thing. But yeah. uh, good, to, good to hear that all on board, no injuries, all on board are safe. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, that's a while. That's, that's news you don't see every day, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. That's, you know, those planes, you know, as much as these different college teams, pro teams fly and, and – they travel all over the country all the time. You would think you would hear more of this, right? But you don't, which is good. So, it's, um, so normally those ground screws guys are doing a great job. So that, that's hope they keep that up. Let's just yeah, be a one-off thing. Yeah, let's hope so. I'm glad to see everybody with USC safe. So I got something that's to mention sure. real quick. Let me mention sure. something. So, you know, my daughter is a senior at Georgia Tech right now, and the rambling wrecks, have Clemson or Clemson up by seven second quarter with one minute and 42 seconds left. So Ooh. just wanted to mention that real quick, that the old rambling Rex might pull up an upset today. <laughs> Let's hope so. Anytime I love seeing uh top five teams fall. It's always, it's always fun. I love to see upsets. I'm a, I pull for underdogs. That's for sure. Now I'm not pulling for the uh, central Michigan Chippewas as the underdog tonight, uh, but I no, am not at all. a little not bit nervous about, I think if, if nothing, if anything else, uh, Herb, I think LSU is going to be in a fight tonight. I think they're going to – this is not going to be a, a decisive victory. I just don't think – I don't see it. I don't see it either, but I hope they surprise me and do that. <laughs> that would be my surprise, or I would be surprised that if LSU makes this just a simple run over Central Michigan type of game, but I, I don't see that. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We've got about a half hour to go. Got a couple of lines open as well at 502601870 on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Lines. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 